Thank you for choosing to listen to today's message by Reverend Dr. David Edgeman. We know you will be blessed as you seek and serve God. We believe that this message will stir up a desire for more of God, even as you listen. Be blessed. As I want to talk about what I was supposed to, I, I tried to, I preached, I started it last week about hearing from God, and I spoke about ways God speaks to us. No, no, sorry. I spoke about um, how to know the voice of God. All right, so you know that this is God's voice and this is not God's voice. I actually spoke mainly about that. And I want to talk about ways through which God speaks to us. How God speaks to us. Thank you, Jesus. In 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 3. This is just opening comments. I pray it doesn't take too much of my time. Let's, let's, let's move for verse 2. Verse 2 says that when you have departed from me today, you will find two men by Rachel's tomb. There's a prophet after he anointed Saul. He said, when you depart from me, things actually that change your life get initiated in church in the presence of God, but it gets actualized outside. So your testimony, expect to hear testimonies after you have left. Say, when you have departed from me today, you will find two men by Rachel's tomb in the territory of Benjamin at Zelza. And they will say to you, the donkeys that you have, uh, that, went, uh, that you went to look for have been found. And now your father has ceased caring about the donkeys and is wor- worrying about you, saying, what shall I do about my son? Now, these are events that have happened back home. Your father sent you. You haven't returned. Your father's sending you was God drawing you. Now, God has found you for what he wanted to do with you. Your mother said, I'm happy that now you stop the stuff, you are going to church. But then now it's worried that you are going to church too much. Because she just wanted you to be in church to stay out of trouble. But God didn't want you to be in church to stay out of trouble. He wanted you in church so he can fulfill his plan in your life. So you are praying that your husband will start going to church. Now you are complaining he's going to church too much because every time he's doing church. Because actually, that's why God got him to church. Your objective was that he would not be a bad man. God's objective is that he will be his man. So the dynamics have changed. And every time, any time you try to go further into God, family members will start having concerns. <laughs> Because they always have a vision for your life. Very soon, God is going to send you out on missions. Going to go on missions. And then when you are ready to go, it is your family members who care very much about you. It's not because they don't care, they don't want you to obey God. Because where you are going and the step you are taking, they haven't seen where it's going to lead to. Like Abraham, God said, leave your mother's house and your father's house. Leave your people and go. Where? I don't know. Just go. Where should I go? But Abraham trusted God enough. So Hebrews chapter 11 verse 8 said, he went not knowing where he was going. Hey, 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 this, is, this is serious. If 
Abraham, I thought you are a bit intelligent. But Abraham obeyed, and he went out not knowing where he was going. When God has a big assignment for you, he won't give you the details. He will just show you a glimpse of where. But so Bible says that, verse, verse 12, Abraham, no, no, sorry, verse 10. Abraham dwelt in tents for, uh, start from verse 9, so by faith, verse 9, by faith Abraham um, dwelt in the land of promise as a foreigner. Even though he was in the land of promise, he behaved like a foreigner. He believed like he was an immigrant. Dwelling in tents, he didn't build a house. Why won't you build a house? You've got into the promised land now. That's where God promised. I know I'm in the promised land, but I can't dwell in the house. He dwelt in tents, and Isaac, he taught Isaac to do the same. He taught Jacob to do the same. Why? Uh, they are the heirs of promise, same promise, but he taught them. This promise is not based on material structure. Look at the next verse. For he waited for a city which had foundation, whose builder and maker was God. So even though, watch this, he didn't know where he was going, in his spirit, he had seen somewhere. And until he arrived, even though physically he arrived at a place called Promised Land, he still knew this isn't it. This is not it. In verse 24, Bible says that Moses, when he became of age, he refused to be called Pharaoh's, uh, son of Pharaoh's daughter, 25, choosing rather affliction with the people of God than the enjoyment of uh, pa- passing pleasures of sin. I come down on this matter. <laughs> Who told you sin is not sweet? Hey! Hey! hey. hey. Let's stop the hypocrisy. Sin can be so sweet, you don't want to stop it. That's it, that's it, that's it. Very sweet. So people who don't have God, they say, excuse me, don't tell me all this nonsense, God. I want to enjoy my life. Sin has pleasure. No, sorry, not pleasure, pleasures. Oh, man. One night, you can do a lot of things. One night. Only one night. You can do a lot of things. You can smoke. You can drink. You can kiss. You can kiss. You can watch. You can dance. All in one night. Meanwhile, just one dancing can be so nice for the man to be watching. Even the one on the phone is good enough. How much more? So there's so many things you can do. One and someone is also sitting in church telling you that you can't be enjoying your life. Oh, excuse me. Excuse me. I'm telling you, sin is sweet. It's sweet. Let's stop the hypocrisy. By nature, your tongue likes sweet things. Bitter things you don't like. So medication that is bitter must be sugar-coated. Yes, 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 yes. Encapsulated in sugar so yes. that you can enjoy it, but it will still go inside you. Yes. By nature, your tongue is made to like sweet things. Pleasures of sin. We are all struggling with something that is so pleasurable, but the end result is so bitter. Yes. And if you don't grow up quickly to sort it out, 
It can mess your future and it can mess your potential in God. And no one will suffer with you. So a wise man called Moses, verse 25 of Hebrews chapter 6, sorry, Hebrews chapter 11, he said, Bible says that he chose rather to suffer afflictions with who? The people of God. You can't do it alone. If you belong to the people, be, be part of them. Let's suffer together. Let's suffer together. Walking away from the pleasure of sin, pleasures of sin. Let's suffer together. You are not alone. We all like it too. We all like it, I'm telling you. We all like it. If you pursue pleasure, it will hurt you. No sensible person lives for pleasure. Living for pleasures. You have a child, I hope you are living for pleasures. So when you are young, you think it's about fun until you grow up and realize you have made so many mistakes. When you should be learning, you were having fun. And so you have fun out the ease out of your life by the time you grow. That's why it's always in the interest of people who are growing to have people who instill and enforce boundaries on them. Other than that, you you won't eat proper food. You just eat ice creams, toffees, and chocolates, and you kill yourself. It's sweet. Well, Moses, Moses, when he was of age, okay, babies, you have to dictate and try and make decisions for them. So sometimes, as a pastor, I try to make decisions for baby Christians who I, I can tell they genuinely want to do well. But when people are of age, you have to let them make the choice. Moses refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people. Well, that is so crucial. If you take away people of God, you can never be a man of God or a person of God. Being of God must always be in the context of a corporate community. Because God never uses one man. God never uses one man. He can use you, but within a context. Jesus couldn't even be alone. As soon as he started ministry, he had to get 12 people to be with him. And when he sent them out, he sent them in twos. Separate unto me, Barnabas and Saul. But Saul, eventually Saul was doing alone. But even that, Timothy was with him. Silas was with him. So, if church people annoy you quickly, I get, I'm very worried about your spiritual future. You will never do well spiritually. If you find church people annoying and boring, especially people you can tell have a genuine heart for God, I feel sorry for your spiritual future. Moses, let's look at the next verse because that's why I came here. Now it's taking about 10 minutes a month. <laughs> the next verse says, he esteemed the reproach of Christ. You know what reproach is? Shame, kind of. They are laughing at you. They are ridiculing you. He esteemed, Moses, he grew up in the palace. He esteemed ridicules for the name of Christ greater than the riches and the treasures of Egypt. Those days, Egypt was more powerful than America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, a modern day America, yeah, yeah, yeah. in our modern times. 
Egypt was by far more powerful than America. And so the treasures, and, and he grew up in the palace. They don't vote you into power. You are, you are, you are, you are heir to the throne, Moses. And Bible says that Moses considered shame for Christ. Has he ever seen Christ? Had he ever seen Christ? So when God called them, I'm trying to tell you, when God called Abraham, even though he didn't give him a roadmap, Abraham had a sense of where he was going in the future. He could see it. And his future was Christ. Abraham saw Christ ahead. So Jesus said to the Jews in John chapter 6, I think verse 58, 56, 57, 58, somewhere there from 54, he says that Abraham saw my days and was glad. And they said, are you older than Abraham? Mm. How dare you say Abraham? You are not yet 50 years old. And you are saying Abraham saw your days. And Jesus said, oh, before Abraham, I am. I have always been around. John chapter 6, verse 54, 55, 56, 57. Jesus said, Abraham 54. Jesus, if I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my father who honors me of whom you say he is your God. The one you are saying is your God is the one who is honoring me. The next verse. Yet you, yes, you have not known him, but I know him. And if I say I do not know him, I shall be a liar like you guys. But I do, but I do know him and keep his word. Go to the next verse. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my days and what? He saw it. And was glad. He was, he saw, Abraham's source of joy was because of what he had seen ahead. He saw it. That's why he couldn't build permanent structures in the promised land. He dwelt in tents because he was looking for something he had seen in his spirit. Now, Moses also was called and he left, he abandoned the palace. The best place in the world, he abandoned it. And see, it's different if you abandon it and you just go your way. He he abandoned that. Watch this. He abandoned that for reproach, shame for Christ. It's different if shame will not come. But shame was coming, and yet he abandoned glory for shame. Why would somebody do that? Why would somebody walk away from this wealthy guy? He has everything. He's big. He has money. He'll buy houses for you and your family. Mm. You walk away from that so you can keep your Christian testimony. Hallelujah. Mm. So you know God has called you to do ministry so you can be able to do God's work. Yeah. That's what Moses did. Put you on the screen, verse six, uh, 26. He says that, esteeming the reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For, oh, he looked to the reward. To the reward. Verse 27, watch this. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as one, as seeing him who he, he was, he saw what was invisible. Wow. So you, you may be insulting Moses, but he has seen something. Yeah. That's what happened to Abraham. Now, I brought all this scripture just to show you Abraham went seeing something, even though God didn't give him the details. Yeah. He didn't know where he was going, but he had seen somewhere in his spirit. Moses left. He has seen Christ. He has seen him who was invisible. So God will always drop something in your heart first 
a sense of where he's taking you to. So that that becomes, the, that's what gives you the audacity to go through what you are going through. Yeah. Okay. Other than that, you abort the process because when troubles come, when setbacks come, you begin to talk like uh, Job's wife. Mm. Job's wife says that, curse God and, and die. I think it's Job chapter 1 verse 11 or so, or 2 verse 11. He said, curse God and die. The pain was too much. Mm. The woman came and said, curse God and die. Then his wife, 2 verse 9, his wife said to him, do you still hold fast to your integrity? Curse God and die. You are suffering too much. Do you know why she said that? Because when he dies, she can marry again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's interesting how women can naturally be gravitated towards comfort. Yeah. yeah. Your wife cares a lot about her comfort. So those of you who are not working, brothers, and you are planning to marry a very powerful woman, please go get a powerful job. <laughs> because your wife will always be angry and she will frown. You don't know why. You don't know why. It's because she can't stand the discomfort you have put her and the children in. Because she's not used to this kind of struggle. No, no, no. That's why those of you young men who want to do ministry, be careful, don't choose a woman with a taste. Hey. Because if her taste is high, ministry will teach you how to abase first. And she must wear a certain type of shoe, only certain class of shoes. And in ministry, you won't be able to even afford 50 pounds one when you start. Hey. <laughs> And usually, the time frame is indefinite. Yes. Yeah. So it's not like only for one year. No, if it's for one year, we can manage. Yeah. But sometimes for 10 years, it's still yes. the same condition. Yes. And then she will see her other contemporaries, her yes. colleagues are doing well, and she's wondering, why? Why has God called you? Why are you doing this thing? I didn't marry a pastor anyway. <laughs> well, I'm just telling you by experience. Not by experience, because... I chose right. Yes. But we have been through all kinds of stuff. We've been through thin and thick. And this woman has stood. In fact, for a long time, for more than five years, she was the one paying the rent. Her salary was paying the rent. For she was working in Lambeth, International House. And the mortgage goes directly from her account. So we don't discuss it. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not negotiable. Yeah. Can you imagine you go for this one who can't take pain? Yeah. Every time there must be guaranteed food, guaranteed cars, guaranteed rent. Yes. And you want to do ministry can be very unpredictable. Ministry is too unpredictable to do it for security. Ministry is too criticized to do it for fame. Ministry is too demanding to do it for pleasure. I don't know what grandma saw. Because this morning, she told me, hey, your work is hard. I can tell you that. I don't know, because I think she came downstairs and the way I was lying there, I don't know, I wanted to ask you, but how did you, because she said she came and went back. You were lying 
I was lying down. I, I was, what? I was. <laughs> I knelt down, I was praying, and then in the prayer mood, I've moved into a trance. A trance. <laughs> And I was still wearing my jacket eh, mm-hmm. from last night's service. Wow. Everything. Everything. Only my shoe. And I still was in the States. Believing God for this morning. I can't go and rest when this morning is coming. See the people God had to call out. It comes at a cost. Archbishop told us years ago, if you marry, you don't marry well. Early morning when it's time, God is telling you, wake up to pray. As soon as it's 5.30, your wife will leave her leg and put it on you. That's when she wants comfort. And how can you take your wife's leg off you? There's going to be a problem. I put my leg on you, take my leg off. That's another one. That's another one. I'm telling you, it's a problem. The whole day there will be war. No week. It can be months. Yes. Archbishop told us, see, when you are young, it's good to listen to people ahead. So when you are choosing, you have to choose sensitively. And those of you who have uh, chosen already, start educating your wife that I want to do God's work. It's going to bring pressure on us. It's going to every time, sometimes I'll come home late because we are going on evangelism. Yeah. And But my birthday, there'll be time my birthday, I'll be out. Yeah. We, are, we are doing crusade, we are doing something. You have to start grooming them. My little girl, every time I'm going for prayer, Daddy, where are you going again? Do you have to go again? I said, that's, yeah. But you also went to school. He said, yes. So me too, it's my turn. I have to go. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, anyway, it's for ministers, so... I'll leave that. Let's move on to the. Can you imagine? I'm, do you know I've not started my preaching? <laughs> all right, all right. We have to hear from God. And some of you already heard from God. You are hearing from God. Especially if you are a wife and you want your husband to do God's work. Remember, it's a, going to be a big sacrifice on you. It's going to be a big, the man is going to sacrifice, but you will feel it more. Yeah. So always respect people whose husbands, women whose husbands are doing God's work. It comes at a high cost. And the men can sometimes be so shattered because human beings can be mean. When you open all your heart to them, you love them. And after you love them, they stab you. Oh, there are a lot of, pla- you can't be a good pastor if you don't know how to bleed. You'll be bleeding. Many pastors stabs on their back. They are bleeding. Because they thought this one is someone I can vouch for and I can open up and trust. And you see, situations, I, I don't know why I'm going to this, but can I? When you are a pastor, it's a very complex thing. Because people will teach you so much lesson. If you are not careful, you block your heart. But you can't help people when you block your heart against them. It's a very complex thing. So you are dealing with people, and yet you, you, you want to open up, but you are afraid. 
So some people, when they come to you, you have to just be quiet, listen to them. Mm-hmm. When they finish, say, Amen. Let's pray. <laughs> <laughs> you have to say no comment. Yeah. Because in their day, when they want to attack you, they will twist what you said. Yeah. Hey, I've seen a lot of that. Mm-hmm. But the quagmire of the work is you have to open your heart and trust people. Don't treat everybody like a suspect. Mm. But human beings will force you to begin to suspect everybody. Some girls understand what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Every man who comes to your life is a suspect. <laughs> and with all this, you go home and sometimes it's your wife who has to bear the brunt. Most most times, my wife is left with a shattered, tired man after fastings like this. Every evening, sometimes when I go home, you see, the body, when the Holy Ghost is moving, it's exciting. But afterwards, when you start to realize that, <laughs> what if that is the time my wife also needs my affection and cuddling? Forget it, girl. Forget it. <laughs> I can't do it. I can't do it. Honey, I can't be rubbing your back. Or you are having pain. I can't massage you. I'm tired. My energy has been laying us. I'm tired. Honey, I can't do it. And for a whole week, a whole month, and sometimes can't continue. So can you imagine if you marry a woman who does not give up her right for God's job? People's destinies will be at stake because of your wife. But why are you saying wives, 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 wives? God has made women in such, such a way. They are, if you don't have a wife, sometimes when you have a wife, she will help you to tone down and build a future for the house. Yeah. So when it's not a good wife, he said, let's always, let's go and yeah. buy pizza every evening. Yes. Buy pizza. Let's, you spend all your money on pizza. Or oh. <laughs> 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 lasagna from Tesco. <laughs> <laughs> A wife will say, No, what? You want us to? You say, Oh, honey, I think we should go for holiday in Honolulu. Said, I think let's just go to Birmingham because let's save money to buy. Your wife will tell you that, No, you don't let us change our car because the children are coming now. I'm pregnant with a third child. Let's. Let, let's not change our car. It can drive. And let's rather prepare for the children. You know, a good wife. So that is what God has given to wives, to keep, help the men to focus on building a security system around your family. That's the, a wife can help you to do that. But if you don't have a wife, you'll just be having fun, having fun. Having, by the time you realize all oh, your friends have left you. When you, you are down to nothing, they have left you, and you realize that you didn't have friends. And sometimes your wife will tell you, I told you. Mm-hmm. I told you. So, guys, you need a wife. I don't know why I keep going to these things. All right. Now, um, no, I have to run up. Oh. Uh, not again. Not again. Not again. All right, let, let me just, let me just, let me just. So, um, I'm just trying to, I, I quoted those scriptures, and my main scripture was that when you leave me in um, 1 Samuel, 
As you go, you see some men, and they'll tell you the donkey has been found. That's what took me off. The donkey has been found and all that. All right. Now, he met the men. The men didn't know he was coming. It wasn't like they were, not, they were angels. They were not. They were going about their normal business. But on that fateful day, there was a, a, a divine orchestration. In the same way, in Second Samuel chapter, sorry, Second Kings chapter seven, from, Bible talks about the word of the Lord came through Elisha and said, "Tomorrow morning, by this time, food will be cheap." At the time when people were even selling droppings of cows, cow dung was for sale. At the time of Elisha, they were doing some. That one, they were eating the droppings raw. Then Elisha comes and he says to the king that that saith the Lord. Hear the word of the Lord. That saith the Lord. Tomorrow about this time a, a seer of fine flour shall be sold for a shekel. It's like five. we can't find food and now you are coming to tell us a whole beggar McDonald's big extra big Mac the meal will be sold, will be sold for 50p 20p. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whilst for a lot of time for so long even a small egg from McDonald's, you can't get, 20 pounds can buy it. Wow. Then you say overnight. So rationally speaking, humanly speaking, it was nonsense. Yeah. So the uh, chancellor of the exchequer said, listen, even if God opens windows, this cannot happen. So it can't stop the rubbish. Yeah. And the prophet said, oh, okay, you are doubting my words. It's going to happen, but you will not eat it. You will not enjoy it. Yeah. But this is not my, my message, the main preaching. The point here is that verse 4, look at verse 4. It says that, um, verse, let's start from verse 3. I think it will, it will make sense. Now, there were four leprous men at the entrance of the gate, and they said one to another, why are we sitting here until we die? If we go to the city, we, there's famine, we will, we will die. If we go to the enemies who have besieged the city, they may kill us, or we have a possibility of living. So, out of two evils, let's take, choose the lesser one. The city, there's famine and everybody's dying. And we are waiting for handouts, in other words, for um, donations when they have leftovers. Yeah. And they don't even have some to eat, let alone for us to have leftover. So if we go there, there's no hope. But if we go to the enemies, they have food, they may kill us, or we are already dying. Yeah. So let us go. You know, that decision came at a time when God had spoken that tomorrow. And Bible says when they were going, as they went, the enemies had chariots coming. So they thought Israelites have hired themselves enemy, and they, they were afraid for their They ran and left everything. The lepers got there and said, wow. They started eating, wearing gold. And then they said, ah, why do we do this? Because people are dying in the city. Yeah, well, yeah, they were wearing rings. Lepers with five rings. Five rings. <laughs> Watch this. They said, why do we do this? When people are dying in the city, we have enough. Let's go and hide some. And when we finish, let's go and call people that there is food. Yeah. So they went and called the people from the city. People were rushing. Now, do you think it's by coincidence? No. That morning, why didn't they go the day before? Mm. Okay. All right. It would have happened. So life is not a game of chance. Why have you left your life for chance? You may live the rest of your life or you may end your life in regret. Mm. 
Because life is not a game of chance. When someone drives a car off the road and is killing people, listen, it's not everybody who can be there at that material moment. Destiny cannot permit it. Who told you you die by accident? If you live your life to chances, you will regret it. So what I'm trying to say is that, uh this is feeding into my message. Most of us are waiting to hear hear a voice from outside. Most of the time, God doesn't speak to you from outside. I live in the house with my wife. If I want to speak to my wife, why do I have to use a phone? Why do I have to use the mobile phone? And she, we are all in the living room. I use a mobile phone and begin to call. And he goes through both that phone. I say, I don't have con- uh, reception yet. I'm going to stand in another place of the room. To talk. He, it's not necessary. Why? Or why would I tell, I message Pastor Joshua, that tell Pastor Wu that um, the food is in the kitchen whilst we are there. Why would God go outside of you to speak from outside when he's already inside you? Corinthians chapter 6 verse 17 is a serious text. I quoted it yesterday. He said, for he, whoever, but he who is joined to the Lord is, uh, let's all read it from the screen very loud. Let's go. I thought you could have read louder than this. Let's try it again. Let's go. But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Can I hear the men, please? But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Can I hear the ladies? But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Always better. Oh. Yeah. Always better. Always better. Can you imagine a world without women? Oh. It would not be worth living. Mm. Shall we already all right? Let's go. Before I even do that, you see this Bible? See, this is leather, actual cowskin leather, okay? So this leather is my birthday gift. This leather, what did you say? I said dinosaur. (laughs) (laughs) This leather, Watch this. It's leather. And that's paper. Yeah. But they've joined them together. It's one book. When I say bring me the Bible, you are not going to bring the paper. You are not going to bring the leather. You bring this whole thing. Okay. He, you, that's you. That's Jesus, spiritually. He who is joined to the Lord is one spirit. This is very important. Many Christians don't know this. So if you are born again, if you are born again, in your spirit man, you and Christ or the spirit of God are intertwined. It's inseparable. That's how the Bible says that, but we have the mind of Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16. He said, but we have the mind of Christ. How does that mean? It occurs in your inner man. Colossians chapter 3, verse 10. Thank you. 
Colossians chapter 3, verse 10. And have put on the new man. Everybody say new man. New man. Say it again. Say new man. New man. Who is renewed in the knowledge, uh, in knowledge according to the image of him who created. So you see, you are not all that we see. There is a new man inside you. Right. It's called, another word for it is your inner man. When you are born again, it's the inner man. If anyone, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. It's talking about your inner man because your skin color doesn't change, your hair texture doesn't change, your eyeballs don't change, your eye, 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 uh, eye color does not change, your t- uh, dental structure doesn't change, your appetites really, natural appetites don't even change. So when you, are born, when you become born again, nothing really changes about your exterior or your physical body. What changes is in your spirit. All the work happens in your spirit. Then from your spirit, it begins to affect your soul and your body, depending on how you walk with God and comply with his spirit. But the truth is that when you get born again, your spirit is anew and your spirit is perfect. In fact, uh, according to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 10 and verse 14, Hebrews 10, verse 10 says that, by that will, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. Once We were sanctified how many times? Once and for all. So your spirit doesn't need to be sanctified again. Look at verse 14. I like the verse 14. He said, for by one offering, Jesus has perfected, that key word, perfected forever those who are being sanctified. Your spirit is perfect. And so if God is going to deal with you, he deals with you from your spirit. From your spirit, not your mind. And then so if an God has a way of putting an idea in your mind. Yeah. How? First of all, drops it in your spirit and it comes into your mind. So the, I, I'm going somewhere now. So when you are born again, there are times you will say that, oh, I, I was thinking about this and it worked. No, it is actually God who dropped it in you. So those of you who keep saying, I want to hear from God, I want to hear from God. He's always speaking, but you are just not listening. Now, and so, your spirit is perfect. In fact, this scripture is even scarier. Mm-hmm. It says that you know all things. Mm. Can you imagine? You're a believer. He said, you know all things. Because the spirit of God, the spirit teaches you all things. First John chapter 2, verse 20. We know all things. But we have an unction from the Holy One. Hallelujah. He said, but you have an anointing. I want King James, please. But you have an unction. I like the unction. Unction is an ability. Something something's on you. You have an unction from the Holy One. And you you and ye know all things. Well, excuse me. Even the questions that I was asked in the exam, I failed. How can you say I know all things? My neighbor mentioned her, her name to me recently, the new neighbor, and the next day I forgot. Pastor, how can you say I know all things? I remember um, my, my cousin's birthday. I forgot the date. How can you say I know all things? You don't know 
all things. So how can, no, it's not your mind, it's in your spirit. It says the unction, talking about the Holy Spirit anointing, it's, it's inside you and you know all things. That's how sometimes when you are born again and the word of God is being really taught, your spirit bears witness. Because the Holy Spirit works with our spirits. God can't bypass your spirit and deal with just your mind, your soul. I'm just trying to teach somebody the means through which God speaks. Because most of us, if you are not careful, you will miss many turnings, important turnings in life because you didn't learn how to listen to God. And if you miss turnings in life, Satan will be having a failed day in your life. Or you are missing God's direction. Can you imagine you are traveling somewhere and the Satanav is telling you, turn right. And you said, no. And there are times, how many of you know that there are times your Satanav will not say anything? No, 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 not after ignoring it. No, 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 the GPS. Everything is intact. But when you are on the motorway, if you don't need to turn right or left, there are times you won't say anything. Just keep going. If you haven't heard anything, keep going. (laughs) Just keep going. When I I saw Pastor Awo and I was interested in her, I prayed about it. Yes. I told you I prayed about another lady. Some, she was also in our church. I prayed and the Lord said no. I prayed about it. God was not saying anything. And I said, oh God, I like this one. He didn't say anything. I had peace in my spirit. And then we started talking more. And the talking was getting better and better. And everything was flowing. Circumstantial evidences were just flowing. And I realized that. And so I did not have any resistance in my spirit. But I didn't hear, son, this is your wife, thou shalt marry her. Seven ways to choose a wife. Forget all those things. <laughs> Learn how to walk with God by listening to him. Learn how to listen to God. If you are born again, if you are a Christian, listening to God is part of being a Christian. You can say, oh, but me, Pastor, me, you see, I'm not, oh, you see, all those people who have, have, have purported themselves as prophets, they can tell, you see, anyone who predicts the future without word of God inside him is a, is a soothsayer. That's yeah, it. That's it. <laughs> anything he says, it comes to pass. That's a child talk. The fact that it comes to pass doesn't mean it's of God. Moses commanded, uh, uh, Moses wrote turn into snakes. The magicians wrote turn into snakes. What is that? Magicians of Pharaoh's wrote. So that's the only way where, only thing where the charismatic believers sometimes go veer off. Because we use it as working as a yardstick. What works shouldn't be a yardstick. The word should be the yardstick of what we endorse. It's very important. I'm running up. It should be a yardstick. Do you understand what I'm saying? The word. There are so many soothsayers in puppets. Mm. Mm. And they say irresponsible things like, but it's not everybody who can preach. The puppet is for preaching. Indeed. Oh no, but God has given me a word, a special word. When he's, the pastor, but when you say, you say God says you should pray for somebody. Yes. But that's not my main job. My main job is this. That's what the puppet of church is for. God deserves the right to be heard. 
You can't hear God with a closed book. If the Bible is closed, God has been muted. We need pastors who open the Bible and tell us this is what the Bible is saying. Then we are hearing from God. That's it. These things are so crucial. Now, as I run up, he, Jesus Christ needs and wants us to hear him. This is, said, this is how he puts it. In John chapter 10, verse 27, he said, I, my sheep know my voice, and I know them. I know my sheep. I know my sheep. How come you are a sheep and you don't know his voice? And you are saying about me, I know. No, 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 excuse me. If you are a sheep, he said, my sheep hear my voice. How come he said you, you can't hear his voice? Because being born again automatically gives you the installation to hear God's voice. Because God will always speak. Mm. That's why I said, if you can't hear God's voice, you will marry the wrong person. If you can't hear God's voice, you relocate and go and live in the wrong area. Yeah. If you can't hear voice, God's voice, you embark on a wrong holiday. If you can't hear God's voice, you sign the wrong deal and the wrong contract. Yeah. But pastor, I, I really want, where is in the Bible it says that this is the contract you should sign. That's why I'm teaching this. I'll show you where the Bible tells you who you should marry and which, way, which contract you should shine, sign and which car you should buy, whether you should buy BM, Punto, or, <laughs> or Mercedes. I'll show you. Pastor, I'll, I'll be glad to know. I'll show you, whether you where the Bible, where God says, whether you should go to work by train or by bus. How about that? Would you like to know that? It's simple. Compare the miracle.com. Simples. <laughs> Bible says that for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Romans chapter 8, verse 16. Verse 14 says that. Look at verse 14. Verse 14 says that as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Now, verse 16 says that the Spirit itself, okay, this is where King James gets it wrong. The translators, it should be himself. All right, New King James. The Spirit himself bears witness where? With our spirit that we are the children of God. So there is an internal witness. Those of you who are waiting to hear an audible voice, you may wait for a long time. Sometimes in extreme situations, God uses it, but it's hardly done when he has a relationship with you. Because... Coming back to the point I was making, he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit. Now, if you are one spirit with him in your spirit, then he doesn't speak from outside. Mm. But yesterday, as I said, the issue is, watch this, this is good. Uh, somebody gave a, shared a testimony um, and he said, um, yeah, you, yeah. I, did you tell me your head was bashing? <laughs> She fell and injured herself. She injured herself, and I think during the preaching on the prayer, I don't know what time, I went and laid my hands on her. Ah. Do you know why I laid my hands on her? 
Because I normally do that. Yeah. So I could have left, but I just felt like this. Mm. I just felt like. Mm. But because my spirit is one. Mm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. With the spirit of God, I would think it's me. Mm. But it's actually him. So there are times God will be speaking to you, you think it's your own mind. Yeah. My own mind is feeling, uh, maybe I should sow a seed. Oh no, maybe God is speaking to you. You think it's your own mind because he's so one with your spirit yeah. that sometimes you are confused. Is it me or something else? Yeah. Is it me or from him? Is it me or from him? Now, when you have, but when you feel, you, some guys will go to a certain woman and say, the Lord said you are my wife. Hey. And he means it. Is it true? The Lord said you are my wife. Maybe he means it. He actually feels the leading of the spirit in his inner man. But there is a problem. Your soul can also lead you. So because the Lord is so one with your spirit, if you are not careful, you won't be able to tell, is it me or the spirit? Is it just me? Because it's so one with you. That is why it's risky to travel without travel your spiritual journey without enough word of God inside you. Because Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 said the word of God is living. It's active. Oh, I feel like preaching. (laughs) Hallelujah. He said the word of God is living. This is a book that contains the perfect word of God. You take this away and bend it. You haven't bent the word of God. You put it on the ground and sit on it. You haven't sat on the word of God. You have sat on the Bible. It contains the pure written word of God. If you are sick and you put this on your head, it's not the word of God you have put on your head. It will heal you. (laughs) It will heal you. Get it. Enter you, then it becomes the word inside you. So just the paper is not the word. There are people who have used this to wrap peanuts. They have taken it, they needed something for biscuits to give to their friend. Say, okay, let me just, I think, I don't use this page. Now, the the problem is that most of us feel very, uh, that's why I'm careful. Because in missionology, missionary work, you have to be sensitive to cultures. Some people, your culture, no one puts the Bible down. It's an offense. If you go to uh, um, Dubai or Arab Arab world, and there are Christians there, let's say there are Christians in uh, Iraq, you are going to preach to them, and as I will preach, you put your Bible down and you put your teacup down, you offend most of them. Because in their culture, you don't put holy book on the floor. In their culture. You don't put, it's sacrilege. And so you have to be sensitive to your audience. But really, when you put it down, it doesn't matter. Me, I won't put it down because I, the Bible itself is very special to me, so I won't put it on the floor. But it, 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 is, it is not a sin against God because it's not his word. You can step on it and it's not his word you have stepped on. Unless intentionally you say, I want to spite God. You see, then that is not more than the book you are trying to do. It's a, a statement you are making in the spirit. Those, those ones are different. Do you understand that? So what I'm trying to tell you is that this thing remains a book. 
until what is inside jumps out into you, then it becomes God's word. And that's how God speaks to you. Now watch this. He said, the word of God, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, the word of God is living and is powerful and is sharper than any two-edged sword. Watch what it does. Piercing even to the dividing of the soul and the spirit. That's where we can do it. Sometimes you can't separate your soul from it. Is it me? Or it's just my, 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 me, they say the way I like my things, or it's actually the Spirit of God telling me. You can't separate the two. That's when you need the knife. When this word is inside you, because watch this, the Holy Ghost, watch this, the Holy Ghost produced this. If it is of him, and you, you are in touch with this, instantly, it's very easy to be able to tell that's the Holy Ghost telling me. Mm. If it's not the Holy Ghost. So how do you know that that car, that's the car you should buy? If the word of God is strong inside you and you are prayerful. Next, next week or during tomorrow, from tomorrow, I'm going to be talking about tongues. The place of speaking in tongues in hearing God's voice. When you speak in tongues, you activate something. Come on. But until then, when the word of God, you can easily know what decision to make. You are at an interview. They said, we want to offer you chief executive position or a business manager position or go to another branch. We want to give you a branch to man a, a district director. Which one do you want? But that branch is in Birmingham or Manchester. But it looks, so you are not sure or which uni. Oxford has given you a place. Cambridge has given you a place. Which one do you choose for your child? It must be a matter of prayer. Yeah. Because your classmates, your children's classmates can significantly influence their future. Even if they don't influence their future, they may need them tomorrow in future. Yeah. Some of you, you are good. the job you are doing is because of who your classmates is, used to be. Yeah. Your classmate has become big, so it's connected you. you know, so, so how would you choose Oxford or Cambridge? Because mm. Yale has given my son an offer. Where do I go? God. God can speak to you easily. Because life is not a game of chance. How do you hear from God in this matter? But I have the word of God that is nowhere in the word that go to Cambridge. I can't see it there. So pastor, how do I hear God from? How do I know that this lady is the one I should marry? Or this man is the one I should marry? How do I know? I want to know. I want to know. That's what I'm telling you. It starts with God's word because God will not tell you point, three point, third point, if the first point he told you, you are not listening. Now, the word said that trust in the Lord with all your mind and lead not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Now, the word says that, but the word doesn't tell you which school. So if you choose to trust in the Lord based on what the word has said, you are exposing yourself for what the word has said to start beginning to be fulfilled. So you'll be making decisions and God is actually leading you because you have the word said trust, so you are trapped. It takes the word of God to know what God wants you to do. The word. Through the spirit man. I'll go on the spirit a little bit later. Not today, because I have to stop now. You need the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is resident in you. How do you activate the Spirit? How do you walk with the Spirit? How do you keep listening to the Spirit? And some, some uh, spiritual leaders have made it like, 
They've made it like they are special. It's exclusive privilege of the spiritual leader to be. No wonder you keep fighting. Because when the word is coming, you are not receiving it. Spiritual leaders have made it. It's like exclusive. Me, I can hear from God and speak to you. I can hear from God. Listen, all those things, hearing from God is a basic right of a Christian. Yes. It's, it's so basic that that shouldn't determine whether you're a man of God or not. What determines you're a man of God or not is how much you are mighty in scriptures. And how much the scriptures is in you, you are obeying and you are working with God and you are paying the price for grace to pass through you to change others' lives. Fundamentally based on God's word that is in you. So what I'm trying to say is that every believer can, should, and must always hear from God. Hearing from God will not come from your tympanic membrane. You hear it from outside. He speaks to us through visions, through dreams, all those things. I may touch on them briefly because they are not key. How many times will you dream and God is talking to you? But from the time you left home and you're coming, he can be talking to you. As you are sitting here, he's talking to you. Are you dreaming? Are you seeing vision? No. But he keeps talking to you. So if you are waiting to sleep before he talks to you, it may never happen. So dreams, check the Bible. How many people were spoken to through dreams? God uses that. He uses angels. That's even worse. If you're waiting for angels, you may be in trouble. You may end up being a Muhammad. So he uses angels. He uses Joseph Smith. He uses angels. He uses preachers. And that, after the word, the Holy Spirit, preachers, very key. Preachers in whom the word of God dwells. But as they speak the word, you know, other things I spoke about marriage. Sanctified minds. I may say something, I may say I'm not preaching. But the spirit of God, because he's so one with me, he's speaking and I'm rather meeting needs. When I came with something prepared, but he is now taking over and he's speaking to me and speaking through me. And I didn't even know. But he gets hindered when the focus is not on God's word and Christ. I'll pick that up. Maybe tomorrow, when and these tongues things we must deal with it. Tomorrow, Tuesday, because this is the last week of the fasting. Some of you have not attended at all. Make sure you come as much as possible and let's zoom in because some this last seven days something must happen. Did you receive something today? Yes. Hallelujah! Amen. We want to pray. And you want to pray and say, God, teach me to hear from you. Teach me. Help me. Help me. Help me to hear from you readily. Help me to avail myself to your word. Help me to get closer to you. Help me, Lord. Help me. Lift up your voice and pray that prayer simple, shortly. Let's pray that prayer. Lord, I want to get closer to you. I want to hear you more. I want to hear you more. You see, sometimes you hear, you know you've heard so clearly. But the problem of some of us is, there's so much busyness going on around you. So even when God is talking, there's other things talking to you. Too many. The phone is talking. Apps on your phone are talking. TV is talking. Radio is talking. Your friends are talking. Your mother is talking. Your father is talking. Your neighbors are talking. The government is talking. The newscasters are talking. Everything at the same time. 
So sometimes it drove the voice of God. You want to pray that God help me to eliminate distractions. Help me. Help me, oh Lord. Help me to allocate time to hear from you. Help me to give my attention to you to hear from. Pray that prayer quickly, please. Let's pray that prayer right now. If it's your genuine prayer, if you want to hear from God, if you want God to direct you, if you want God to order your steps, if you don't hear from God, your flesh will speak to you. If you don't hear from God, Satan will speak to you. If you don't hear from God, the enemy will end up advising you. But you want to pray that, Lord, I don't want my feelings to speak to me. I don't want my, my flesh to speak to me. I don't want my own mind to be speaking to me. Lord, my mind speaks to me most of the time. My flesh speaks to me most of the time. Circumstances speak to me most of the time. I don't get to hear from you most of the time. Lord, I pray that I will hear from you most of the time. I pray that you will help me to hear from you most of the time. I want to hear from you. I want to hear from you. I want to humble myself and hear from you. I want to hear from you. Pray that, Lord, I want to hear from you. God, I want to hear from you. And I promise that when you speak, I will obey. I promise that when you speak, I will obey. I promise. Say, tell God that I promise. Because if you are not willing to obey, he will not speak to you. But when you tell him that, Lord, I'm willing and I'm ready to comply, I'm ready to obey, it makes it easy for him to speak to you. Tell God that, Lord, speak to me. I'm ready to obey. I'm ready to obey when you speak. Some of you are ready. You are beginning to hear God. <laughs> you are beginning to hear God in your spirit. I know it. I know it. It doesn't take long at all. It doesn't take long. When you want to hear from God, he will speak to you. When you want to hear from God, he will speak to you. Pray and tell him that, Lord, I want to hear from you. And I promise that I will obey. I will obey when you speak. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for privilege to hear from you. Thank you. Thank you that we are your sheep and we know your voice and you know us. Thank you for choosing us. We did not choose you, but you chose us. We are willing to obey you and walk with you in Jesus' name. We thank God for using his servant, Reverend Dr. David Entry, to share this awesome word. If this message has blessed you in any way, please spread the word by sharing it and send us an email to amen at caris.org. Remember to stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube and Twitter for regular updates on what God is doing here at Caris Ministries. Stay blessed.